Welcome to Trending Health, where we provide you with valuable insights and perspectives on the evolving healthcare industry. Brought to you by Dynamic, Trending Health explores industry topics that are real, relevant, and worth discussing. I'm your host, Jen Burke. The retailization of healthcare, pandemic-driven acceleration of digital, and redefinition of customer expectations by big tech have life sciences and medtech companies transforming the way they interact, working instead to create experiences that are personalized, digital, timely, and intuitive. I'm joined by Dynamics Customer Experience Transformation Lead, Mike Zapek, Omnichannel Offering Lead, Josh Padams, and MedTech Omnichannel Expert, Jess Worley, to discuss what Omnichannel really is, why it's changing the game, and how life sciences and MedTech organizations can take their first step on this journey. Welcome, Josh, Mike, and Jess. Thank you so much for joining us today. Let's maybe take it back to the basics for certainly me, but our listeners as well. Josh, what exactly are we talking about when we say omnichannel? Yeah, and Jen, it's a question we get all the time from our clients. And I guess before I even get into our definition, I think it's important for clients to define it for themselves and come up with what they consider omnichannel to be. And rather than using a bunch of really technical terms, I'll just simply state omnichannel is providing the right customer with the right information at the right time in their personal journey. And if we go a little deeper into that, it really means converting an experience from something that maybe is non-personalized or siloed across various channels to one that's truly feeling connected for that customer. And what that means is having connected content that is consistent across each of those channels. In an omni-channel world, you leverage actionable insights based on how customers interact across channels rather than making assumptions on what you think or hypothesize that a customer wants or needs. And lastly, it's providing a truly dynamic experience, one that adapts to what you really need at that point in time. I know for a fact, my wants and needs have changed as I've gotten older, as I've learned more and become more educated, and, and even as the seasons change, my needs change. So it's being able to provide that dynamic experience, again, tying back to content and how the content connects you to that experience from end to end. The ultimate goal when it comes to healthcare specifically, when we talk about omnichannel, is improving those patient outcomes, right? Making sure that customers receive that right information at that right time to get them the treatment they need. And that's really what we're trying to say here with Omnichannel. It's not just a buzzy word. It's to really get those clear, strong patient outcomes. So I think, you know, as Josh mentioned, you can imagine how critical Omnichannel has become for life sciences companies as they try to better engage both their patients and healthcare professionals. So really to describe Omnichannel, I think sometimes it's best to talk about it in terms of the evolution of it, really from single channel, multi-channel to omni-channel. So if you think about single channel, really just simply one channel, right? It's pretty straightforward. I think decades ago, that channel would be an in-person sales rep, or when we got to digital marketing, it was email. So again, one channel, one piece of content, one message to a customer group. It's pretty straightforward. And then we added in multi-channel, which again, is just more channels, right? So Yes, we were able to contact those customers through multiple different means in different ways, but really two challenges that came out of this. One was that 
companies were doing multiple channels, but they were doing the same content. So really customers were just being, you know, inundated with the same information from multiple channels on all angles. So really not a great customer experience. And then the second piece is even if it was different content, it was disconnected. So web is saying one thing, your email is saying another thing, your sales rep is saying something else. So really from a customer point of view, it's different messages that are not connected. And again, you don't really know what's going on because it's, it's all different messages from different avenues. So then really enter omni-channel, which I think some of the confusion right off the bat is the term omni-channel right away is a, is a bit of a misnomer. So omni-channel, like all channel, that's not really the point of it. I, I think the main point of omni-channel is having a connected experience and doing what the customer prefers. So it's not necessarily that you're doing all channels or an infinite number of channels. It's really selecting what are the most preferred means or avenues to get that message to your customer. And all of that content through those channels build off each other to really support the customer on their intended journey. Many people don't realize most of us are experiencing omni-channel every single day. So let's think about a poor customer experience that I think most of us have had. Imagine you just move into a new home, you're decorating your new dining room. Most of us start our search online, find a few options on a company's website, create an account, save the options to a wish list, and then you decide to head into the store to check out the pieces in person. When you arrive at the store, the sales associate can't find any of the saved items on your wish list. So you end up sort of aimlessly wandering around until you finally find a dining table that you really like. You're ready to make the purchase, but the checkout process is tedious. You have to re-enter all of that information that you just gave online. And then to make matters worse, your furniture gets delivered and there's no assembly instruction. So you have to contact customer service using their chat bot. And then finally you get through to an in-person agent. So a completely frustrating and really just disconnected shopping experience, which leaves you walking away feeling like, uh, like I never want to purchase from that store ever again. Now let's imagine a different furniture company that has more of a robust omni-channel strategy. You start the shopping process the same way, browse online, create your wish list, get your Pinterest board all ready to go. And when you get to the store, the sales associate is already informed about all of your online activity. They quickly guide you to the dining table you had saved. Then when you're ready to purchase, the process is seamless. They have uh, the checkout right there at the store and all of your online account information is synced to their system. So you don't have to re-enter any additional information. The thing is your experience doesn't even end there. The next day you're checking out your new dining room table and you're scrolling on Instagram and you see an ad that has a personalized recommendation for a matching shirt for a new dining table. Some of us would say that's a freaky experience, like, wow, how did they read my mind? But in reality, like this is omni-channel at work. You can see why the retail industry is often known as the pioneer in omni-channel. When I think about omni-channel, it can feel creepy, right? It can feel like somebody is constantly leveraging data to give you all this information overload in your face. But really, if it's done the right way, it's comfortable. It's a really comfortable experience for you, and it gets you the right information when you need it most. And, and that's the thing about Omnichannel. It's, border, it's almost bordering that line between like a comfortable and creepy. And if you can get the comfortable sauce right, then, then you have that perfect experience for a customer. I love that point, Josh, about finding the right balance there. I know I personally, I'm sure we've all had that experience of 
oh, I was just talking about that. And now I'm getting all these personalized ads and it can be a little bit spooky, particularly in the retail sense. But I can imagine when we're talking about people's health and their healthcare decisions, that could almost be exacerbated. Jess, I love how you brought that experience to life for what good omni-channel can look like in the retail space. But when I think about my current experiences in healthcare, it feels like we are pretty far back from that maturity curve, or maybe just starting to go on that journey. Mike, I'm curious, how did we get here? What changes in the healthcare industry are really driving this increased focus and resourcing of Omnichannel right now? You mentioned the retailization of healthcare in the beginning here, and that term can mean a lot of things in health, but I think specifically for us, it refers to the focus or renewed focus on customer centricity and customer experience. And I think in life sciences, the terms customer experience and omni-channel are really kind of inextricably linked. Folks that come from a marketing or tech background have definitely heard this story before. It's customer expectations have been redefined by those tech and retail giants, your Apples, Amazons, Ubers, Netflixes. All of those companies have created products or services that are easy to use personalized, and frankly, just make our lives either better or easier. Because of that, we as consumers now expect and even demand those same experiences we get from those companies from all other aspects of our life. And pharma is really no exception. There's a stat about customer experience that they've updated over the years. And recently, it is the highest it's ever been. And it's 88% of customers say that the experience a company provides is as important as the product or service it delivers. So really the emphasis or importance on customer experience or customer centricity is really no longer a question or, or up for debate. So why now? Why for life sciences? Why is this so critical? If you think back almost pre-COVID five years ago, I would say all companies in life sciences were doing something in Omnichannel. They were on their journey even if they're on different levels of that maturity curve, they were all doing something and granted some were more advanced than others. But then you get to March, 2020 with COVID and almost overnight that forced life sciences companies to go almost hundred percent digital in their engagement and their omni-channel capabilities and how they engage their customers. So really that time based off necessity, their omni-channel capabilities advanced significantly because they had to. It also forced them and gave them the realization that they needed to be far more agile or far more adaptable in how they respond to market events, new information, or how their customers want to be engaged. So it was really kind of a big turning point for how life sciences companies engage. Fast forward to today, July 2023, we're seeing, I'm not going to say it's the first time the personal and the non-personal promotion have connected, because that certainly happened pre-pandemic. But the way that life sciences companies have advanced in recent years in omnichannel and now bringing back that personal or sales in person element as well this is really a really interesting time for life sciences companies as they engage customers and how they can bridge that gap between those two yeah mike you hit a lot on the reason why you need to go towards a customer centric approach to your organization but even from like a business need perspective when we look at life sciences organizations they're looking at their bottom line and seeing a lot of money going into their marketing, their media plans, their sales organizations. They've been able to measure success to, to date, but not really well. 
uh, and, and leveraging omni-channel at its core, it's data-driven marketing. It's data-driven engagement, right? So there's more information and data that can help to measure the success and the value of all these things that we're doing to engage our patients and our healthcare professionals. So I think there's a real need from a business perspective to leverage things like engagement on a website to figure out how does that translate? How does all the money we're spending on this website translate into real value, real revenue for our organization? So not only is there the clear need to focus on the customer first versus product, but there's also this business need to just understand what are we getting from all this money we're spending on our organization. Josh, that all sounds great. It's a real win-win, both in terms of the customer experience you're able to provide and improved marketing, improved media spend, more efficiencies, and overall a better bottom line. But the types of changes that you all are talking about, they're pretty big. It's a pretty big departure from the current interaction model, and it's not something that's going to happen overnight. Where do you think organizations can start? What's a good step in adopting an omni-channel strategy if you're just getting started? Yeah, I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head, Jen, right? Like this is challenging. If this was easy, every company would be doing it and we wouldn't be here, right? So to do omni-channel, right, if you start looking at what's in front of you, it's multiple functions, multiple teams connecting various data, technology systems, multiple vendors, agencies, learning new processes. And then, you know, we haven't even mentioned the legal and regulatory aspect of this, which frankly in, in pharma is unlike any other industry. But where do I start? There are a handful of activities or even a framework that we support our clients through. I have six steps I can walk people through. There, there's really, these are just some of the big activities that I, I think it's critical that companies get right. So the first is really planning and defining your objectives, right? So what are the goals? What's the strategy? What is the business purpose for this work? And, and what are the brand goals? I think we often see companies miss this and they're like a rudderless ship, right? There are, they're doing a lot of stuff, but it's not contained and it's not defined and they're not driving towards one vision. The next is really you get to what Josh was talking about, like data-driven marketing. So really understanding your customer data, creating insights, creating customer segments that allow you to better understand your customers on how they want to be engaged and how you can influence them. Then we get to the actual planning, right? The actual content strategy. So you have all this customer data, you know, demographics, you know, their channel preferences, their prescribing patterns from a doctor or healthcare professional standpoint, what are their engagement patterns, where are they located geographically? All of these things help a marketer create content on how that customer would most likely want to be engaged. So then we get to actually creating the content and regulatory review. And, you know, this is where companies will leverage execution teams or creative agencies to actually create that marketing collateral or material. Many of our clients are also implementing some form of modular content, which is a way to create, review, and approve content in a faster, more efficient manner supporting things like content reuse and also supporting personalization. So it's how companies actually get their materials to clients. And then we get to orchestration or distribution. We're on number five, by the way, for counting at home. This is not how you and I sit at Outlook or Gmail with an email open, write something, have a big distro list and hit send, right? These are sophisticated, highly automated AI predictive models or tools that companies utilize, oftentimes you'll hear things called next best action or next best engagement. 
that have algorithms and protocols for knowing when or how to send those different materials to customers. So that's orchestration, basically how they get those materials to their target customers. And then the last one, and frankly, the most challenging one that we've talked a little bit about is measurement. I think this is the most challenging for many of our pharma clients. And really, because there's, there's multiple levels to this. There's brand engagement, there's efficiency or operations at the capability level, there's project level goals. I think specifically in life sciences, it's challenging to connect the engagement you're seeking with the ultimate goal of what impact does this have on something like revenue or actual business measures? You and I have both witnessed this at clients and used this framework at clients. And while it does sound like a lot when you go from start to finish for all those steps, if you break it down to bite-sized chunks and deliver what, what we often call a minimum viable product or MVP, it becomes much simpler at its core. And it's taking a specific use case or a specific activity that you're trying to improve with a customer experience and driving that home and then building upon it, right? One small incremental change at a time. So I'll give you one quick example. A consumer sees and clicks on a particular banner ad they see while scrolling the internet for, we'll call it treatment A. Once on that branded website for treatment A, that consumer registers to receive more information about the treatment. And in doing so, they actually get a coupon it says, hey, you're going to get a discount when you go and purchase this treatment. After that person uses or redeems that coupon, we are then, as an organization, able to leverage that as a trigger. And this is where Omnichannel comes in. We leverage that as a trigger to suppress that consumer from receiving any more ads from us because they've done what we wanted them to do, right? They registered accordingly. That's our highest value action. That's what we want to get them to do. And if you think about that, that's something that you experience in retail all the time. I mean, how frustrating is it when you go and you buy a pair of jeans and then immediately you just start getting more ads about the same jeans? It's like, no, I just did what you asked me to do. And that's exactly what we're trying to say from a life sciences perspective is you are now on the treatment. Why do we need to keep asking you to get on the treatment? So that's just a really simple example of, of how we can tie it down to something really small but it follows that full framework in terms of adding value for the organization and essentially leading to a really good, simple customer experience. Yeah, and Josh, I think that's exactly it. It's easy to get caught up in the North Star of that fully automated, personalized orchestration engine, even like thinking through that whole step-to-step -step process, just the craze around AI and machine learning too. Like it's easy to say, wow, I want to be that personalized with all my content delivery, but it is truly critical to start by building the foundation with that MVP approach. So starting with the test and learn, anchoring on that data-driven marketing, leveraging agile delivery processes so you can better deliver experiences more rapidly. Then over time, you'll see this become the new norm within your organization, and you'll begin to progress along that maturity curve. At that point in time is really when you can start to dip your toe into the automation, into the AI and machine learning, into the next best action that Mike was alluding to. And at that point, you'll begin to develop that truly dynamic and personalized content for each of your unique customers. Before you know it, you'll be at the point where you're just optimizing people, process, and tech into perpetuity. Yeah, Justin, I think that's an important part that you hit on of the varying degrees of maturity that our clients are on. We've talked about MVP. We've given kind of the basic framework or steps or activities that you can go in Omnichannel. 
But I think it's also important to highlight that we do have some clients that are, are further along in the maturity cart that are more advanced, right? So they're doing things like how do we connect commercial brands with our medical affairs department? How do we better connect our sales reps with our digital promotion activities? How are we leveraging AI to automate processes that two years ago we would never think would be able to be automated? Josh alluded to the measurement piece. You know, this is really kind of the holy grail in pharma is, is how do we correlate or even predict engagement to revenue? So how do I know that an X percent increase in engagement can lead to a Y increase in revenue and really demonstrate the value of the marketing activities that we're doing? At the end of the day, right, life sciences companies are compartmentalized. We have different field forces in different parts of the organization. We have patient support organizations like call centers that don't interact with marketing at all. And there just needs to be a general mindset shift to say truly that the customer is at the center of the universe. They don't know. They don't care what departments we're talking about. They just care about, from a healthcare professional perspective, getting the right information so they can treat their patients. From a patient perspective, getting the right information so they can be healthy again. That mindset shift is at the core of Omnichannel. You can think about all the technology and all the buzzy terms you want, but just shifting that mindset to get that ideal experience is what we're all driving at with this process that we have and just generally approaching Omnichannel. I love that idea of really achieving that mindset shift through small, incremental measurable, but impactful changes and really using that to create a positive feedback loop and build momentum and let this really snowball into just the new normal of how these organizations are operating. I recognize we've talked a lot about life sciences and pharma so far, but we do have a health tech and med tech expert in our midst. I'm curious, Jess, what have we seen that really distinguishes medtech from the other sectors when it comes to omnichannel? I really think medtech companies can learn a lot from life sciences experience with omnichannel, but it is important that we ground ourselves on the key differences between the two. While both operate in the healthcare space, their selling processes are actually quite distinct. Pharmaceuticals are generally prescribed directly to the patient's by providers. So as we've discussed today, a lot of life sciences um, new channel efforts are geared toward both providers and patients, whereas medical devices are typically sold directly to healthcare organizations, hospitals, clinics. So the decision-making process often involves not just providers, but procurement teams, administrators, sometimes even payers are in the mix, which just makes it a much more complicated and complex sales process and really forces sales reps to have to maintain engagement over a longer period of time. So what's interesting is we've seen traditionally the model in medtech has really been built around the importance of the sales reps and the multiple roles that they have to play during this extended process from educating healthcare providers with product demos and one-on-one consultations. They're even hands-on during procedures and operations In some cases, reps are physically in the operating room providing real-time guidance to medical teams on how to use their products. They're also gathering feedback to channel back to their own product development teams. All the while, they're navigating the procurement process to close the sale and do their day job, quite frankly. So if you can believe it, in recent years, 
the role of the sales rep in med tech is becoming even more challenging due to some of the factors we've already discussed today that have created opportunities for omnichannel. So reps are seeing restricted access to providers coming out of COVID and seeing a shift to new care settings, so care in the home. Providers are transitioning to digital channels as they've become more digitally savvy. So they're going online to get product education and they no longer rely on that face-to-face -face interaction with the rep. There's also more complex products in the market. I know we've heard the buzzword AI today throughout this, but you're also seeing companies integrate digital software into hardware or launching new surgical robotics. And then there's also just a ton of M&A within the med tech space, which has created the need for reps to be more knowledgeable about a broader set of products. So term they use is like the bag they carry. The bag they carry has gotten much more complex and it's really taking a toll on sales reps in the med device space. So I think all these factors have really just primed med tech for omni-channel, not only from a competitive advantage standpoint, but also to ensure against your rep burnout and turnover. When it comes to med tech and life sciences, I think there's still a spectrum of maturity, right? There are some organizations that are a little bit further along. They've thought about their content strategy. They they are providing like a next best action or information to reps to help inform them. And they're measuring success in, in some way, shape or form better than they have in the past leveraging Omnichannel. And then there's other ones that are still trying to figure out where to start. And I think the same advice we would give to med tech as we do on the life sciences side is like, if you don't know where to go, don't fret, just start small, start bite-sized, start with one use case and then build upon it and continue to grow your omni-channel capabilities until it becomes part of the norm, right? And you are testing and learning consistently and leveraging your data to improve that customer experience. Thank you, Jess, Mike, and Josh for joining me today to share your experience with Omnichannel. I think you were able to take a really complex topic and break it down into really concrete, digestible pieces of information for me and our listeners. If you're interested in learning more about Omnichannel, customer experience, and Dynamics' role as a strategic partner in the space, be sure to check out the links in our show notes. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Trending Health. For links to resources discussed in the episode, to subscribe to the Trending Health podcast, and to explore if Dynamic can help your company manage ongoing healthcare industry change, visit trendinghealth.com. Tune into the next episode, where we look forward to providing you with more insights on the healthcare industry.